A group of aliens call themselves axons, land on Earth and offer technology in exchange for fuel. But the Doctor isn't fooled and must uncover the axons' true nature, all while once again facing his foe, the Master. This is the clause of Axos. Welcome to Regenerated. scheme of yours. Actually, there isn't one. But then why... Because if you mend the TARDIS, we can both escape. Both? Tell me, Doctor, are, uh, are you suggesting an alliance? Why not? I don't want to spend the rest of my life as a heap of dust on a second-rate planet to a third-rate star. Do you? Do you mean to say that you are actually prepared to abandon your beloved Earth to the Axons, Tender Mercies? Certainly. After all, we are both Time Lords. Maybe. Look, why should I help you? Because if you don't, I shall hand you over to Unit, and you'll become a prisoner on a doomed planet. Yes, well, you'll be doomed along with me. Exactly. We either escape together, or we die together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. My name is Matt, and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful wife, Becky. Now you're turning piss. Is that better? What do you mean, is that bad? Well, off air, you were complaining that I wasn't bigging you up anymore, so... No, it was just how it was funny for, like, a few weeks, and then you just stopped. Well, yeah, I can't keep, I can't do that for, like, however many, however many serials we have left. Why not? Because I'd run out of things to big you up with. Right. There's only so many times you can use the same, same words. Maybe you might have to buy a thesaurus, then. Mm, maybe. But then again, why do I need one of them? I have my amaticisms. So, anyway, this week we have the clause. What, you mean the fact you can create random words of your own? Yeah. Yeah. Matt language. Mm-hmm. And this week we have the clause of Axos, the 13th of March to the 3rd of April, 71. Four episodes. So it's a little bit strange how we keep having like they're sort of jumping around. We had like a four with the Terror of Autons. Mm-hmm. We had a six last week um, with the Mind of Evil. And this week we've gone back to a four with the Claws of Axos. Even though it did feel like six. Well, I don't know. I actually, I was going to say that small and sweet this week, but, or short and sweet, shall we say. But we'll, uh, short na- short well, we'll, we'll dig into it as we go on. It's a very simplistic story I found this week. But, this one Boring, was, if that's what you mean. Wow. Well, this one was written by a Bob Baker and a David Martin. This is the first story. A little bit of trivia. A little bit of trivia. Bob Baker was actually a co-writer for some of the Wallace and Gromit. Uh, little, like, shorts. I think the wrong trousers he done. And um, the other one, I can't Question, remember. Question, was are. this pre-Wallace and Gromit? 
Well, obviously, well, obviously, this is pre-Wallace and Gromit because Wallace and Gromit went until the nineties, and this well, is the seventies. Well, then they obviously figured out where they cocked up, and then got it right on Wallace and Gromit. Wow. Anyway, and this is directed by Michael Ferguson, who's done the War Machines, Seeds of Death, Ambassador of Death, and now the Claws of Axos. So he's done a he's done a serial for each of the Doctors now as well. Um, but we've already got sort of a kind of a semi-opinion. I was going to say this week's Claws of Axos, it basically was organic creatures and, yeah, a, a simplistic story. Because we've had that before. Wow. Like, like we've previously said, uh, with exiling the Doctor on Earth, there's only so much you can do. You know, he kind of now has got to the point where he kind of now needs to sort of start leaving Earth, in my opinion. It's all right for a season. It's all right for maybe a season and a half. But now it's getting to the point where you want to see him go off in the TARDIS. And you want to see him and Joe go on other adventures that don't revolve around Unit and Earth and the Master. Mm. It's just, it's just to me now, it's sort of old hat. And we kind of need to see something new. Yeah. You know, it, it's you can see what they're trying to do with this season. They kind of got like this sort of arc with the master because spoiler alert, the master appears again in this one. And I think you'll find he appears in the next one. And I think you'll find he appears in the last one as well, which would be the Damons. So they're kind of trying to give the doctor a kind of baddie to bounce off and try and outsmart and outwit each other. You can sort of kind of see that's one that they're kind of doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to me, I do love this iteration of the, the master. And I really do, I've previously said I do really love Roger Delgado as the master. But it's now getting to the point where they're now, in my mind, they should be now resting him, his character a bit like they did the Daleks. Because yeah, the Daleks, the Daleks, when they return, they could be something special. Mm. And I think they do return not too distant future, I think, as well. So, yeah, that's the sort of semi feeling from me but anyway episode one starts off with again units are tracking a ufo object they've done this before um and i couldn't remember when i was watching it i couldn't remember which one it was was it ambassadors of death i think it might have been they were tracking the rocket weren't they the mars probe i think in that one probe and it's just kind of like the same old intro Mm -hmm. that there's a, a ufo that they're tracking this time they think it's a comet it actually obviously doesn't turn out to be a comet. We then go to unit and there's this uh, Ministry of Defence. I don't really get what he was, like a secretary or something, called yeah, weirdly Mr. Chin, which, I again, that was a weird, weird name. Mr. Chin. He wasn't Chinese to get the stereotype out of the way. Normally you would think if he's called Mr. Chin, he'd be Chinese because we're talking it is the 70s. So stereotypically, they like to do that sort of thing. So either like Mr. Wu or Mr. Chin, you know, that's kind of the stereotypical names they give to yeah. Chinese people. But this time he's not. He's, he, to me, he looked a lot like... Uh, uh, for 1930s gentleman. Well, no, I thought he looked a bit like Ronnie Barker. Mm. For our British sitcom R- lovers out there. Or he's not really yeah, a sitcom. Well, he was sitcom, wasn't he? Open All Hours. Gentleman. But yeah, he kind of looked like the older Ronnie Barker. But again, same old sort of 
same old scenario with these sort of uh, Ministry of Defence or like sort of government official types. They don't approve of the Doctor. But yeah, it's it's worse. it's kind of tough shit because he's already there. So mm. there's not really a lot you can do. So he is like by far, he's now helped you out so many times. He's kind of, he's sort of, to me, he's uh, sort of shown his worth. So to question him is a bit stupid, really. But anyway. Mm. Also, there's this American uh, person, Mr. Filer. He's been sent, from what I could tell from what he says, he's been sent to basically deal with the master. Yeah. Even though the doctor's dealt with the master now twice. Yeah, he's got away. But he has foiled the plans of the master each time. So the Americans think that the doctor can't do it. Yeah. Even though he's done it twice now. So they send their own American guy who has no idea who the master is, doesn't know what he's dealing with or anything like that. About that. And to be honest, he becomes a bit of a hindrance. And we'll get into that in mm. a bit. While they're sort of debating this about Mr. Filer, there is an alarm goes off about a UFO. Again, the doctor's sort of to and fro and with the brigadier uh, about shoot first, ask questions later. We've had this before with the Silurians. They're doing it again this time. I think they even want to do it in the Autons as mm. well. Terror of the Autons. They fire missiles at them before they even like try to think of how to deal with the situation. This time, UFO, unit basically, and this Mr. Chin wants to just destroy it. Yeah, it seems to just be sort of got a massive bee in his bonnet. So, for some weird reason, the uh, so Mr. Chin he ends up firing these missiles. They end up having to sort of abort this mission because they lose the UFO target as it comes into land. It uh, lands. This homeless man he sort of stumbles um across this UFO, which I originally thought. He was really ad uh, acting really weirdly. I thought this has got to be the master. Yeah. You know, it's just like the way he was acting was kind of over the top. A bit yeah. like how we've seen with the master before when he's in the disguises. So I did think that this homeless man was actually the master. It turns out he's not. He approaches this uh, UFO. He ends up sort of... The, the doors end up opening. This sort of vine thing flies out and attacks him and drags him inside. We find out that actually he's not of any worth, so they basically just sort of throw him out and yeah. kill him. Um, Filer, who has, in the meantime, left Unit's headquarters, he's driving his car, he stumbles across the UFO as well, he approaches it, it again attacks him, drags him inside, and then Unit and the Doctor approaches this power uh, station that's near to where it landed, which is... One of the main reasons why it's here, and we'll get into that in a minute. They Which makes no blooming sense. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. And to me, it seems that all power stations in the UK are nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Like, every single power station we've seen up until now has been, like, nuclear. And they have a, ra a reactor. And it's... Sorry, I can't not laugh when you say that. Well, it's my upper class... Way of saying it, Becky. No, it's your dumbass way of saying it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get my own back. Look, be around the bush. Anyway, as they're in this uh, station, Axos, which we come to learn is the actual ship's name, 
and the actual being itself's name. It's quite confusing. Uh, talks to Earth through like a radio. This mm. time, Doctor and Brigadier are going to go off and go inside it. Joe wants to go as usual. The Doctor stops her again. What's the point of having her if he stops her every single instant because yeah. he thinks that it's a danger to her? Yeah, but it wasn't the fact of it was his choice. Well, it is. He says, no, not this time, Joe. So he kind of does stop her. Yeah, but that weren't his choice for her to be in his employ. Well, yes and no. He could have just said no. But I think he's just got a bit of a fondness for Joe now. So she's kind of like one of his friends now, you know? Mm. But anyway, she gets held back. Doctor and Unit, they go inside this Axos ship. The people who are looking after Joe, somebody comes in and tells them they found this body and this American's car, this Mr. Filer's car. This leaves Joe on her own. She then, surprise and shock horror, leaves to go towards the UFO, where it is scanning the Doctor. This is obviously a little bit of a plot point as well, which we'll get onto. um in a minute joe then goes into the ufo where we find that filer is being held and so is the master so the master's now involved so the master's little subplot is basically he obviously left earth in his tardis in the last episode yeah. he's obviously flown through space and time not very far at a time because he's kind of stumbled across axos yeah so is it just that he was flying through the space Probably. Basically, he got caught by Axos and they've kidnapped him. <laughs> they appear to the humans to be like nice beings, but in fact, obviously, this wouldn't be Doctor Who if they weren't. They're actually menacing. They have an ulterior motive. They say they want to recharge their ship and they want to give something in uh, sort of payback, which is this new material um, called was it axonite is it axonite yeah axonite which is basically a material that duplicates things yeah which is still funny but again this is not this is just like a little ruse they want to spread it around the world because we find out that the axo uh the axo uh, axons is what the humanoid creatures are mm. called isn't it axons they want to spread it around the globe because they're organic and take over the world, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Again, it's always take over the world, isn't it? This is a master, it's take over the world. He's obviously seen an opportunity here to work with them to try and take over the world and help them. They've sort of not thought... It, it kind of... Well, he hasn't... Again, he hasn't really thought it through. Not really, no. And they've obviously kidnapped him. But he's kind of said later on, he's kind of talking to them and saying, see, the plan's going right up until now. But then why are they captured him then if that's the truth if he's working with them it's kind of like uh, i don't know i think they they're obviously they're wary of the master so they've sort of kept him hostage so he doesn't go running amok that's what i'm thinking anyway so the doctor sees these axons humanoid creatures which we've got to talk about haven't we becky gold painted axons with Blonde, curly hair. And yeah, but how do you know they're blonde? Suits. How do you know they're blonde? Because well, they're actually the hair is all gold. in one. Well, it's kind well. of gold as well. Well, so yeah, it's gold. That's not even like hair hair. Well, we know you find that the story is kind of boring. 
But what did you think of the Axon's look? This this is their humanoid look. They have two looks, don't they? I think they'd be more convincing as weeping angels. Well, yes, you could paint them grey. They kind of don't have eyes. They kind of have like... Yeah, but neither did pla- weeping angels. Plasticine eyes. Yeah, but so did weeping angels. Well, they, like I said, they, say they have two forms. They have this form and they have an organic sort of tentacle form. Which I'm guessing is their main form. But because when you see a tentacle creature coming at you, it's more menacing. I'm guessing they use the humanoid form as a kind of talk to the humans. Probably. Kind of form. Well, I wouldn't want that one to talk to me. It looked like I had spaghetti stuck on it and mm. a dodgy collage. This is where they say about the axonite and wanting to recharge and actually coming over as unhostile. And wanting to work. Bullshit. And wanting to work with the humans. I call bullshit. The Doctor is obviously a little bit suspicious of this straight away. He always is. They do a bit of a demonstration of Axonite with a frog by making it bigger and smaller. (laughs) And then... Yeah, but they say it can replicate. If they're going to make a frog bigger or smaller, how is that a replication? Well, it, it, well, it's replicating things. I expected things. it to do like in Big Bang Theory when they say that if Sheldon eats too much Thai food one of these days, he's just going to split into two Sheldons. You know, I kind of expected that to happen Well, they're, when they're, it kind of expanded. I think, I think Axonite has many different properties. One is duplication. The other is increasing the size of things. Which is yeah, true. If, if it's, it's true, then it's why don't stupid. they just like why make didn't... themselves really big? You know, it's... It's it's just yeah, it's a little bit of a weak plot plot point for me. Yeah, that. come on, why would you want it to a frog? Well, that's it as well. Where'd they get the frog from? Outside the ship. What they run outside and quickly grab a. F- they they brought frogging nets <laughs> to to grab a frog. Oh, you can find frogs anywhere. We always find them in the garden. Wow. Anyway, the end of the episode is Joe. Uh, Joe is sort of looking. They have to get rid of them before the kids try and poke at them. Joe is looking for Mr. Filer. She then comes across this tentacle creature and sort of... It's not tentacles. Well, what is it then? It's a dodgy collage of spaghetti bolognese. Wow. I thought I thought that <laughs> the tentacled form of the axons is a lot better than no. the normal form, definitely. Yeah. It looks really dodgy. And that's where the budget went. the pure and simple fact where it looks like us just like a plate of meatballs and spaghetti where the plate's gone missing and it's got up and decided to walk around and then shooting tasers at people. Mm, yes. And that's the end, obviously, of episode one. Episode two is the Doctor hears Joe's, I would say a scream, but she's not like, you know, a super screamer. She's not like oh, one not of... not Victoria. No, she's not like that. She kind of does a muffled scream. It's not like, you know, full... A full screen. Well, he didn't know. I know, but still. (laughs) Anyway, Mr. Chin is obviously, because he's a a government type, he's greedy for power. So he wants the Axonite. He wants to work with these Axons. Are you trying to insinuate all government types are greedy for power? No, of course not, Becky. I would never insinuate that government types are greedy for power. Well, no, I'd never insinuate it. I'd just blankly say, yeah, they are. Back, Back on the ship... The axons, they basically say that Joe was imagining it. She didn't really see anything, and that the power of the ship is basically an influence on her mind to make her imagine and hear things. The doctor is a little bit, uh, at this point, 
at this point, the Doctor is giving the impression he believes the axons, but obviously later on, he is on Joe's side. He does actually believe that what she saw was real. The Master then wants Mr. Filer to help him and Mr. Filer escape by shooting this hanging vine thing, which is what they do. They escape, but not for long because they then quickly get recaptured. Yeah, but when he shoots it, it looks more like um, a pipe, like an air pipe rather than a sort of vine. Because well, air starts hissing out of it. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Like They say that the ax- Axos is organic and it's it's a ship that was grown. But... If they've grown the ship, have they grown the creature? Because we find that the ship's a creature called Axos. Because Axos isn't the axons. It, it's it's really confusing what Axos really is. And um, how he came well, into... To me, or, it looks it, like... Should I say, know, it like came in America, into being. They have them things, like candy corn things, that are sort of like pointy mm. and rounded. I look like one of them, but a really dodgy sort of shape. Yeah, it's just it's just really, really unexplained, I found. Mr. Chin gets special powers. Your average spaceship or UFO. Over unit, and he quickly gets the axonite for himself because he obviously wants to get a bit of a leg up uh, in, or help Britain get a leg up on the globe. Oh, come off it. That's a, that's a whole my big button is bigger than your button again. Yep. The Brigadier ends up forcing Mr. Chin Especially to hand over the Agonite, the Axonite. the power of the world. Mm. Yep, the Brigadier fo- forces Mr. Chin to hand over the Axonite by well. gunpoint. They end up leaving the ship. Mr. <laughs> Chin then uh, re- reveals to the Brigadier that he's taken over. He's taken over and he rests unit with the Brigadier. And he ends up taking this Axonite back. The Doctor then reveals that he believes Joe, like I said a minute ago. Mr. Filer is then copied by the Axons. Again, this is that Axonite's property of duplication. It kind of... I'm not... We'll get onto it, but I don't really understand why they copy him, but we'll get onto that. The Doctor then helps to sort of analyse this Axonite in this sort of lab. The Master then has to sort of deal with these axons like we get uh, a little bit of the backstory of how he came to be with them and what his plan is with them the doctor then thinks that axonite actually could get his uh, tardis working again because obviously the whole thread at the minute is that his tardis is stuck he's stuck he needs to get some sort of source of power to dematerialize or yeah. get his circuit working Mr. Filer then ends up getting out of the ship, the real Mr. Filer. The Master is also released. Back in the lab, the Doctor figures out that the Axonite is actually resisting analysis because he says that the Axons have actually programmed it too. So obviously we're getting more of a plot here that they're not actually what they appear to be. The fake Mr. Filer comes in to take the Doctor away only for then the real Mr. Filer to come in. There's a bit of a fight. And I think the fake Mr. Filer ends up going into the light accelerator. Which I thought they said it was a particle accelerator, but no, then they, they recall it. No, they said it was a light accelerator. They said it was a light accelerator, that's it. Mm-hmm. They end up testing the axonite, which affects the axons in the ship. The end of the episode is that the lab is soon surrounded by these sort of creatures, the axon creatures. 
that are formed by this Axonite and they start to pursue the Doctor and that's the end of episode two. Episode three is that they attack Mr. Filer. They form a ring around Doctor and Joe um, and transfer them back to the Ax uh, or back to Axos, the ship. The Doctor and Joe are trapped inside the ship. The Ministry then hands control back to uh, Unit. So obviously, Mr. Chin isn't the best um, person for the job. They know that Unit has to then step in to sort of bring it back on track, and that's what they kind of do here. They mm-hmm. give powers back to Unit. The TARDIS is then transferred to this power station by a disguised master. Inside, uh, when the master goes inside, he uses his sonic screwdriver to get inside. Inside, he finds that the console is a mess. So, obviously, the doctor has been tinkering away, trying to get it working. He's obviously ripped out loads and loads of cables. Now, the master has to sort of semi-repair it. The axons end up sort of torturing the doctor a little bit, which, to be fair, yeah, it's... It's a kids program because I think Doctor Who is kind of a kids semi kids program, uh, and for nostalgic people like us, but that scene is quite it's quite harsh. Don't call me nostalgic. That's making me out like I'm like fifty, sixty odd. Yeah, but I find that scene's quite harsh to be honest. That they're actually torturing the Doctor, and they and they end up blackmailing him as well by using you know Joe again. Joe is used as a blackmail tool by they age her oh, and then de-age her. What's that? When don't they? Well, that's it, you know, and that's the trouble with the companion is they're an easy target. Mm-hmm. They also say that they want to unblock these memory blocks uh, of the secret of time travel from the Doctor's mind. So this is one of the reasons why he can't get his TARDIS. So there's a little bit of plot here for why he's exiled on Earth. They've actually put a block on his sort of understanding of time travel and the mechanics of it. So that's why he can't get his TARDIS back to working order, which is quite interesting. He ends up showing them, uh, the, is it the equation for time travel? I think yes. that's what he ends up do- doing. Well, sort of not, because um, they stuck him in a time loop. Well, that's the very end. But yeah, I think he's kind of just buying time a little bit here. Mr. Chin distributes the Axonite around the world, obviously. I thought he wanted to contain it to Britain, but for some reason he then distributes no, it. No, they the said it had to be distributed worldwide. Oh, right. Well, there you go. That's that then. Well, that's what the Axon said. Then we get the Axon, like, say, the tentacle version of the Axon, rampage around the area. It goes into the main reactor where the Master is tinkering with the TARDIS. Unit end up arresting the Master, and the Master then, in true Master form, ends up bargaining for his freedom you know i can help you you let me go and i'll help you that sort of thing the brigadier agrees the plan is to basically charge up the tardis with as much power as it can take and then feed it back into axos and basically disrupt it that's kind of what they do the doctor ends up uh, escaping while axos is disturbed with this sort of power transfer the Doctor rescues Joe. The Master then flicks a switch with the Doctor and Joe inside Axos. And that's the end of episode three. Episode four is Joe is a bit hysterical and her mind is affected by the power transfer. The Doctor ends up slapping Joe across the face, which I thought was very non-PC for nowadays. What would you say about that one, Becky? 
getting slapped across the face. Well, she's hysterical. She's, you know, he's got a shocker out of it. He slaps her across the face. I'd have slapped. I'd have done more than in this her. in this day and age. I'd have done more than what, slap. Her. What do you think? You know, this day and age with I'd the have PC told culture. Her basically, shut the hell up or basically piss off. I'm just but... thinking, you know, you know, a man striking a woman in the seventies. You know, well, what? And I'm not a bloke. Well, just I don't know. To me, I just thought, you know. With political correctness nowadays. Yeah, but there is political correctness. Should you be slapping a woman across the face? there's also the fact that everyone wants equal opportunities. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, if a guy can, if if a woman can hit a man, why can't a man hit a woman? Well, I know what you're saying. Anyway, they end up, she ends up getting a grip. They end up escaping. Although not that you'd dare because I'd slap you on back anyway. I know, I know. Uh, they end up escaping from Axos. Axos then feeds the power back to the control room where, uh, is it Mr... Oh, I can't remember what his name is. The guy who ends up putting the gloves on and the hood. They have to talk about the hood. And disconnects the cables from the oh, yeah, his light... Oh, radiation ex- Yeah, the light accelerator. The hood. Basically, it's supposed to be like a radiation hood. Make him sound like, uh, you know, like dark helmet. Yeah, it's it to me. It looks like it's supposed to be a radiation hood. Well, like I said, if that's a radiation suit, it's a pretty shit one. Because does he think he's only like gonna be exposed on his head or his hands? Well, he's got no like. He's got no like. Obviously, there's a window for his eyes and his nose, but there's no like perspex or anything in it, and his nose sticks out over the front of the hood. So it's not very protective, isn't it, from radiation? Anyway, he ends up he ends up disconnecting the uh, cables, and Shock Horror gets electrocuted in the process. The master tries to escape as Doctor and Joe come in. The Doctor wants to work with the master. That's like basically saying, you know, members of you know Queen Quark's clan or whatever made their dresses that floaty so you couldn't see them fart. Well, yeah. Thanks for lowering the tone of the podcast this week. You know, it's just, it's just that, it's the same thing. It's just basically, it's pathetic. I don't get how you get radiation hood and a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Because. How do you go from that to the that? Same. Apart from one's pointy and one was square. Hmm. Wow. White hood. Who knows? Anyway, the Doctor wants to work with the Master to fix his TARDIS. So this is a bit of a role reversal a little bit. They're both stupid and assholes, but, you know. It's a role reversal a little bit here because normally the Master wants to work with the Doctor. The Doctor actually wants to work with the Master this week. So they end up fixing uh, the light accelerator part to the dematerialization circuit. Axos ends up coming out of the ground, so it resurfaces there's a there's a bit here yeah, with but it's not all completely like under the surface anyway. Well it's half and half, isn't it? Yeah. So when you look at Axos, it doesn't actually look that big, but when they're inside it, it's really big. So I'm thinking that that's probably uh money issue there with the, the sort of uh, the budget. You were say TARDIS. <laughs> well, it might be. It might be. You never know. Uh at this point, there's a bit of a firefight between Unit and the Axons in their true tentacle form. Mm-hmm. Captain Yates, Tentacly. Captain Yates doesn't know how to fire a gun. No, we've had I a few. We figured out that one before. Uh, we've had, well, we've had a few issues with Captain Yates now. We've had his sort of terror of the Autons, where he kind of quickly runs, gets in the car, and drives over the uh, the Auton. 
And then there is like the scene, I think, in the last one where he basically is the most stealthiest guy in the world. When he's on the back of the motorbike, he goes to the hangar and he's literally there in plain sight. Yeah. So so much so that he actually gets captured. Yeah, this time, this time the axons are actually attacking, and there he is in the back of this like pickup uh, sort of jeep thing, and he can't he can't work the gun. <laughs> so he's not doing the best really with unit. No. I think he needs to go back and have some more training. I think he needs. To and he needs to give back him. his captain the captain title because he's no captain. He mm. can't fire a gun. He's got no stealth Corporal. ability. You know, so should be a lance corporal. Anyway, as uh, the doctor then goes to sort of leave with uh, the master and the TARDIS, much to Joe's disappointment. Um, but obviously, the doctor is the doctor. It's not going to be what people think it is. They go to leave. It doesn't work. They do a little bit of a tinkering. Then it starts to work. It starts to dematerialize. It then rematerializes inside of Axos, where the doctor bargains with axos as the master sort of basically says right you're on your own very much and he gets in his tardis and kind of disappears the doctor ends up plumbing axos into his console putting it in a time loop where the back on earth the axons are attacking the control room where there is a bit of a unit fight back here the axos ends up disappearing and so does the axons at this point. The Doctor breaks free from the time loop. The TARDIS ends up materialising in the control room as the light accelerator is going critical. He ends up escaping back into the TARDIS as the, the I'm guessing the control room or the station blows up. So there's another one blown up. And the TARDIS then materialises outside where we get told by the Doctor that it seems that the TARDIS is homed to Earth and will always return to Earth. So even if he did escape, it would always come back to Earth. So again, that's the end of the serial. That's another power station blown up. And to be fair, the UK must be in a in a blackout at this <laughs> point because they're losing power stations like left, right, and centre. You think it's really really strange. Back to the Dark Ages. So we can't. I don't know why they call them dark ages because like didn't they actually have fucking daylight? Oh, well, yeah, but I'm guessing it's because dark is in death, maybe. Uh, I think it would mean lack of electricity. Uh, who knows? Anyway, the pole, 139. So it's quite low down. Um, to me, I think it's a simplistic story, but I wouldn't say it's completely boring. You know, I, I thought it was a nice little contained story. But again, like I said at the beginning of, of this episode, I'm kind of bored now of uh, Doctor Master on Earth. I want something different. That's what I want. Mm. So, you're not taken with the claws of Axos, but we'll go to somebody who kind of seems to be taken with the claws of Axos. This is Mark Campbell's Verdict. <laughs> Crass but immensely likable. A surfeit, a surfeit of undeveloped ideas jostling for attention against widely variable effects and psychedelic direction. Pig Bin Josh deserves a story all to himself. Psychedelic? Psychedelic direction? 
Is he watching the same thing or is he just stoned? I'm guessing Pig Bin Josh is going to be the humorous guy. He deserves a story all to himself. He gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, well, clearly, if he think it was that psychedelic, maybe he was smoking something. Well, I don't think it was that psychedelic, to be fair. See? Told you. He's smoking something. Looking back in the cast list, I can't actually see who Pigbin Josh are. That's who he's talking about. He's talking about Harker. Tim Bigot Smith. I'm guessing that's who he's calling Pigbin Josh. Strange. Strange, Mr. Campbell. But, yeah, so 9 out of 10. No. Very high, I think, this week from Mount Campbell. That's a 5. I'm going to go one above that and say it's a 6. So, yeah, I'm kind of... It I'm, might even stretch to a 4.5. Well, yes. To me, like I say, if we quickly go back through what we have seen, Spearhead, Silurians, mm-hmm. um, what else have we seen? We've seen... The Ambassadors of Death. Uh, we're seeing Inferno. A lot. We're seeing Terror of the Autons and the Mind of Evil. And now we're seeing the Cause of Axos. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm willing to say that this is the Worst. my least favourite one. Yeah, so far, least favourite. Worst. So, that being said, next time will be the Colony in Space. Colony. S- colony. That's not what you said. Well, Colony. You sound it like Connolly. Well, you never know. Well, Billy Connolly's he name may be in it. Colony. That's Connolly. Well, there's the meme somewhere in there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's you know, a... there's going to be there's going to be another meme now that says Billy Con Connolly. So you now got me. Ah, you see? can't say it either. No, you're going to end up with basically a meme with Billy Connolly saying it's Connolly, not Colony. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. There's a meme there somewhere. Well, that's like the Donald Trump one that says about being impeached, and it was saying, "Yeah, I'm not peach, I'm orange." If any of our listeners, <laughs> want, if any of our listeners want to go out there and make a meme of uh, Billy Connolly's in space, then <laughs> feel free to drop us, drop it into our Twitter page. And speaking of Twitter, while we segue, all of the social medias. Are I actually in like the Billy Connolly, you know. Wow. There's a lot of people that do. So, yeah. So, social media is in the description. Just hit us up wherever on Facebook or Twitter. Like, subscribe, share, whatever. Reply. Everything. <laughs> um, well, that's your plug for the week, isn't it? Yes, we are. I have to get the plugs out of the way. Oh, no. Last time it was me trying to plug it. And now you're trying to plug it. And you look, yeah. Yeah, well, like I say, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a few more followers on Facebook, which is quite nice to see. Um, We've gone from like, I think it was like five to like 17 or something now. It's quite cool. So that's not a few, is it? That's 12. That's quite quite a lot. A few. Yeah. A couple is two. A few is three. It's nice to know that people are liking what we're doing. Well. Or just liking the page. (laughs) Either or, I'm happy with that. You know, or the fact that, you know, half the time we're both morally insane. Mm. Yes. But trust me, you have to be around it. And you like to tangent. I don't tangent that often. Well, some sometimes. Oh, no, I don't. 
Wow. You go off on a tangent more than I do. At least I don't change the subject all the time. I'm talking about going off. We're going off to the Connolly in space. <laughs> and we will <laughs> and catch... I wonder how many times in the next podcast I'm going to have to tell you that it's Colony, not Connolly. I'm just going to say it. Let's just go have a meme of Billy Connolly just sitting there saying, it's Connolly, not uh, Colony. Yes, well. And on that note, we will see you, or shall I say, catch you next week for that serial. So I will say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>